Loud and Clear, the podcast by Sada for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. Omar Dajani, welcome to Cloud and Clear. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. You're my first Googler. And I think it's quite appropriate, knowing what we do at SADA, being a Google partner, that you are the head of partner engineering for the Americas at Google Cloud. So I'm very, very happy to be speaking with you today. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into the role and, and Google Cloud, I think it's um, important uh, for the audience to kind of hear about uh, you know, your career trajectory that led you to Google. What has it been, about a year and a half? At Google? Yeah. Three years now. Oh, three years. Yep. Jeez, time flies. It does. Three, three years. But there's a lot that led you to, to here, right? Yes. So um, it'd be great even for me to learn because we haven't talked about this, you and I, very much. But can you tell us about like, the last, you know, the career trajectory that led you here? Like we all try to do, we try to control or at least plan our career trajectory. And I think I've been successful about 80% of the time through my <laughs> career. Uh, my first role, I really wanted to kind of get into the details of technology. Yeah. So my first role was tech support it's back in 1999. <laughs> and uh, tech support is, is a tough role, but I think it's, it's a good place for people to start because that's where you actually see how technology is really used mm -hmm. and some of the challenges customers are facing. And with every role, I've tried to innovate. And so the innovation I did in that role, that was with Veritas Software mm -hmm. back in 1999. Uh, was to offer to the sales team for me and back then my team to go out and visit customers to share with them best practices on using the technology. That was pretty novel at the time. Yeah, but at the time it was just something I, I became just an idea that yeah. popped into my mind out yeah. of nowhere. And they really enjoyed it because it was not just about how do you, you know, you got to read the best practices, but what are some of the common pitfalls? Mm -hmm. And what are some of the things which you don't anticipate or never show up in any white paper, any manual. And um, also during that time, as I started engaging with customers and being on the front line of sales, I really enjoyed you know, that role. Yeah. And I said, the next role I want to have is a customer-facing role, and I want it to be an SE, and, which is something I was able to, again, as part of my career plan, I was able to accomplish. So I became an SE at Veritas. But also what I wanted to do I said to myself, at some point, I was living in Orlando at the time. Mm -hmm. That's where the Veritas had a, a main office. I wanted to have an international assignment. Mm. I wanted to work abroad. The global experience. Yeah. I think every, I recommend everybody has at least one global experience. You yeah. can pull it off. Yeah. It really makes a difference. Yeah. Career-wise, learning. Cultural exposure, all of those course, things, right? Of yeah. course, yeah. And so, uh, so we, uh, my family and I, we moved to uh, Middle East, spent one year in uh, Bahrain, and wow. then six years in Dubai. Wow. And the, the assignment for Bahrain was, and back, now it's public knowledge, is that Saudi Aramco was deploying Net Backup, which is Veritas' mm. flagship product. So there was a group of us who, who were living in Bahrain. And for those who may be familiar with the area, there's a bridge which connects Bahrain to Saudi Arabia, Eastern Province. Right. So every day in the morning, we'd get in the car, huddle together and drive across, yeah. do our work there, and then drive back in the evening. Yeah. It was quite fun. And that, then that expat experience the expat that we experience. read about. Yeah. That's right, yeah. that's right. And um, Bahrain is, for those who may not know, is, is to me it's like a sleepy beach town. Mm. That's what it reminds yeah. me of, and I think it still is. 
And then moved to Dubai to actually, when Symantec acquired Veritas, where the two companies came together, uh, moved to Dubai to actually build out the SE team, first for Middle East, North Africa, and then for all the emerging, for the emerging markets. Mm, so that's what they were basing their kind of headquarters, center of excellence yep. around that for the whole territory. Yep, wow. exactly. And that was a great experience because then I was able to go to you know, Russia, Eastern Europe, Africa, yeah. again, the culture experience and, and the learnings and the diversity of customers because you walk into a customer who's using ancient hardware and technology and you scratch your head and wonder, how do they make this run? Right. And then you cross the street and they're on the cutting edge of technology. Right. That kind of diversity of, of technology adoption. And then back then I said to myself, okay, my next assignment, I want to be in California. I want to work in Silicon Valley, and here I am. Now I want to go to the, I want to go from the opposite exactly. extreme, right? Like from all the way there to like the epicenter of where, where it all yeah. happens. So I came here, I led the, uh, the West uh, CE team or SE team for Semantic, mm -hmm. based out of uh, Mountain View. And during that time around 2011, 2012 is when you started hearing a lot about cloud and the future of tech. And it was very clear back then that based on what cloud offered, but also what the roadmap looked like and what companies were talking about, that cloud was the future. So I yes. set my sights on cloud back in 2012, and luckily in 2016, I was able to join Google Cloud. Well, I think you know, that was a great time um, in the history of Google Cloud. I think you know, Dan Green's there, right? Things are starting to pick up, et cetera. Um, in our evolution and working with clouds, you know, organization within Google or Google Enterprise since 2006, that was, I think, a very pivotal moment when Google really decided that cloud was going to be a very big strategy. And I think Diane Green had a lot to do with that. I think, you know, as, as part of that, um, taking the helm at the time and consolidating engineering and resources and having the kind of footprint and, and strategy that was very different uh, relative to the resources that our predecessor had. Yes. Um, but even in that short amount of time between, you know, three years ago and now, you've seen a tremendous amount of change within the Google Cloud organization, right? Um, Absolutely. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like, what are the most things that, the most standout things that you've witnessed in what is relatively a short amount of time, three years, but it's almost like a hundred years so true. of progress at, in, in Google Cloud terms? Yes, yeah, so when I joined in 2016, you know, whenever you, you switch jobs, there's always the descriptions. People describe to you who are on the inside or on the yeah. outside or articles you read about what the job is going to be like. Of course, you think of Google, you think of a, a conglomerate, a massive company, yeah. you know, very corporate-y. But you also hear a lot that Google is a, it's like a combination of small startups. And I'm thinking, how, how could that be? A big company <laughs> with a bunch of startups. And so when I joined Google Cloud, I, from almost day one, I got exposed to that. Yeah. So I, when I joined Google Cloud, it was a relatively small team. Mm -hmm. And um, today, it's, it's multiples bigger three years later. But it was, it was really a, a, in startup mode at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, me coming from a mature enterprise uh, company, which had you know, relationships over five, seven, 10, 15 years. With customers. With customers. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you, you join a company that it's still trying to figure out its identity. Yeah. Um, we weren't even talking at the time, was Google ready for the enterprise? Because Google was not ready for the enterprise yeah. at the time uh, as much as we are now. And it was very much startup mode. We're very much kind of scrappy, be frugal, yeah. build a team. And, and one thing I didn't realize, even though it was told to me when I joined, that I'm going to need to build 
this from just a few people to a team of hundreds. And this is actually yeah. over the three years. You know, we, we went from a handful of people where, you know, if you think about it, when, when you design for large companies, the territories are usually very big in the beginning. Like, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, I am yeah. the head of Americas and I have a team of eight, right? right exactly. And, um, and then you evolve into, oh, now you are part of sort of South Central and this team of 50. Right. Because you start slowly carving the territory smaller and smaller That's right. to be more concentrated. Because now you're not just responding or reacting. Now you're actually doing planning, strategic planning and, and, and building, uh, you know, the, the plan for engagement and, and developing trust. Right. So, so it's been an amazing growth to see the organization grow from, you know, a, you know basically what was amounted to, you know, a few uh, technical resources and reps to a, yeah. a, a, a true enterprise organization right now. And even though just maybe a year ago, maybe even at the beginning of 2019, there were still some questions that seemed, is Google ready for the enterprise? Yeah. I honestly don't hear those questions anymore. Yeah, no, I would agree. And I think, of course, Thomas Kurian coming on board, Rob Bensler, and everyone else, you know, that has, that has joined since, um, from just this incredible enterprise pedigree, similar to Symantec, other businesses, you know, that businesses that have been in market for decades, almost writing the book on the enterprise, you know, go-to-market strategy, place like SAP and Oracle, et cetera. Um, I think that was the next big signal, like in the last, if you look at the last decade, right? Like Dan Green came, it was like, oh my God, wow. So we went from like a billion to multiple billions. And now, wow, like Thomas Kurian's here. Rob Ensler are here, and I, and I think that's been very important, both from a um, even even an ex, even more accelerated investment, probably in the last you know six to nine months, um, in a, a, relative to the last three years, probably the last six to nine months, it's even crazier. But also that, that the brand equity of what it means to get those people on board at Google Cloud, mm -hmm. I agree with you that this whole question of can Google handle the most complex environments and the most complex deal structures and the most complex architecture? Can we service customers that are the biggest and the most challenging uh, in the world? And I think it's a, it's, a, it's a resounding yes now in a way that it hasn't been before. I think I want to touch on a couple of things you mentioned around the evolution piece because it's very critical. Uh, sometimes from the inside, when you're in the midst of it, it's difficult to recognize that you need to evolve and grow and with that comes the need to continue to execute for now, but also build for the future. That's right. And that's a skill which is not very easy to acquire. And if you acquire it, it's hard to actually do. Yeah. So to your point, you know, the organization is growing, you're closing larger deals, you're gaining credibility in the market. With that comes adding more people, mm -hmm. with that comes redesigning the go-to-market strategy as well that's as right. the team that is aligned to it. And so being able to make those changes on the fly in the midst of you know, running your business and, and growing, transacting. And, and growing, growing at the same immense, time. immense clip, right? Yep. Which is, we see it from the partner standpoint because our businesses are so aligned, but I can only imagine, like, this is not, this is a rare moment in time when any company grows as quickly as Google Cloud is growing, yep. right? But so, it's, a, it's fun to be a part of it. Yeah. And, and honestly, you know, if, if we think of, where we've seen a lot of our, our, our success and a lot of our ideas is from our partners. Because our, our partners tend to move more quickly mm. and tend to be more agile and they tend to experiment, sort of uh, try to test and, and yeah. iterate. Yeah. 
And when you're when as you become bigger, it's more difficult to do that. Right. So that's why partnerships are so critical. And I think to give credit to Sada, where you were a very early partner, even before I started at Google, <laughs> many years. Yeah. And and you you invested your time and effort in Google Cloud and helped us actually grow and mature and seeded a lot of the ideas, particularly in certain areas of technology, which now you know we do and yeah. we've sort of adopted. So it's that 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 those partnerships are so critical. And particularly as we grow now, there is a, a desire and a strategy to make sure that we deepen those partnerships. Uh, because frankly speaking, it's been declared publicly and internally that we will not grow, we will not achieve our goals without these critical partnerships. Look, we, we have a deep appreciation for being in a position that we're in. Like it's an immense honor to be playing, you know, this game in this particular point in history with Google, like at the hip, amazing. Um, and we, you know, define and redefine the partner role all the time. And, and there's all parts of the value chain that we, we think we can add value to Google and to customers in unique ways. But there's a whole category of those which is defined by, to your point, are probably in some cases higher propensity for risk. <laughs> um, we are, we can take uh, risks maybe more quickly than Google can in some areas because we don't have the level of um, maybe scrutiny and other things. And I think it is our job to push the envelope forward. And I think a good partner creates that feedback loop and it's bi-directional, right? You guys guide us and give feedback to us and create playbooks for us. And we love the fact that there's this kind of new level of openness at Google to listen to your top partners and to incorporate some of the feedback to improve our joint go-to-market efforts and just the overall customer experience as we work more closely together. We, we appreciate that a lot. Yeah, and one of the, one of the uh, things that we do, one of our strategies in partner engineering, which is a role I took on starting February this year, is number one is to build out the partner engineering team. So mm -hmm. go into sort of phase two of building out the organization. Um, the other thing is work closely with partners like Sada to build joint offerings to take to market. Yes. So one of the actual measurements for my team is working with partners to build that offering. So integrating the services and capabilities, in some cases, technologies created by the partner yeah. with Google Cloud Services and jointly taking it to market. And that, that solves or that addresses so many key areas. One, it, it helps build Google's credibility in the market. Mm -hmm. it, it shows the close partnership we have with you know, key partners. Um, it helps develop sort of new opportunities and helps us test those yeah. uh, architectures because as the market grows, those architectures evolve. And sometimes we take something to market that we realize that we just need to fix or iterate or evolve. And particularly as new technologies come in, then that offering, that the, the critical thing here is the whole offering. Mm -hmm. Customers increasingly, as we enter um, sort of the next segment of customers, the larger enterprises who generally move a bit more slowly, who are more risk averse, yes. therefore they're looking for those whole offerings, those almost turnkey solutions turnkey, yeah. where the partner and Google Cloud can offer everything for them. Yes. The, from initial engagement, discovery, all the way to deployment migration, and then sort of that, that management piece, yep. the managed service on top. Technical account management, managed services, uh, account management. And, and I think um, there's a lot of things about consumption, uh, consumption economics which drive this kind of behavior anyway. Like we know this is not about just selling big sort of pre-commitments and we don't care 
after they bought it, if it works or not. That's just not the way the world works today. So I think um, uh, certainly we work very hard on this, but you know, Google is part of the business model. Like it's not about the first deal. It's about A, making them immensely successful with their first production project on uh, Google Cloud or G Suite deployment, whatever it is. But we have to look at every one of those customers as this is a, we're playing the infinite game. This is a customer for life. It's about what they're going to do over the next 10 years, not just what's going to happen this quarter, this year. And certainly we've been um, motivated by the economic model to make you know, all these little centers of excellence around these different areas, which define what we do well when it's a, when it's a lead to an opportunity, uh, opportunity to a closed deal, phase one, so on and so forth. And I think the joint go-to-market is really important because I think the best customer experiences are, in fact, when your field teams and our teams are co-selling and co-servicing those customers. And that is such a different model, which you described uh, really well, from the traditional model. Yeah. And you design differently that way. And that's something which was a learning experience for me, which I had, again, heard about before joining Google Cloud, but now I've lived for the last three years, is the engagement, is a, it's a continuum. That's right. There's no, I've sold you this perpetual license, <laughs> you know, one year, two years in advance. Yeah. Whether you deploy it or not, I, I don't, don't, know, I don't know, but you know, I'll Whatever. come knocking on your door during renewal time. Yeah. It's completely different yeah. because, as you said, it's a consumption model. Yeah. And the way in all cloud, uh, 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 sort of service providers or vendors, it's very much the consumption is very much tied to attainment, which then yep. drives behavior. Totally. So now you have actually almost a virtuous circle mm -hmm. because unless the customer is successful, so if, if they're not running their workload successfully, then there's no consumption. So you, That's right. it's almost That's a guarantee right. that you have yeah. to be assured that they're running their yeah. service, their workload successfully on the cloud service, Yes. which then increases the consumption. And then when they do that, then they get to know about additional services, it's new services, totally. which help them drive their business, accelerate their business. So it's, we're all in it together more exactly. than we ever have been. It's never been this way before. And, and consumption and economics are beautiful for many reasons. One of which is, to your point, if we're doing an exceptional job and the customer's happy, the most important data point is the consumption. Is the consumption going up? If it's going up, it means that you're actually delivering more value to them. Like it is the one measuring stick that I think trumps all. I mean, there's others you have to measure, CSAT, NPS, other of things. Course. But um, when the consumption continues to go up, it means the customers, well, they're paying you more money. And the only way they're going to pay you more money is if you're driving more value from your, from your services. Um, and, and in this, uh, you know, um, go-to-market plan, like we're, we're defining new markets, we're defining new solutions, we're, we're figuring things out. We're, we're driving, we're kind of coming from behind, right? You know, Google's not number one today. So we're proving a lot of things out. And the cost of sale, like the customer acquisition cost, is immensely high for all of us. And Google helps and there's all these funding things which we appreciate and always try to use in the right ways. But even with the, it's just, it's, a, it's just tons of work. The only way that these customers become profitable for us is if we can keep them on the platform happy for many years to come. Yes. Because the initial cost is so high. And again, net-net, I think it just, at, at the end of the day, it drives the kind of behavior that is best for customers. Like they get the best out of Google and the best out of, best out of your partners like SADA 
because like we, we have to do that <laughs> to be profitable in our own businesses, right? Yeah, and increasingly, it's, it's partners like Sada who are going to be most successful because they are able to take the customer through the entire journey. Yeah. Because many customers who are not cloud native, and the majority are not cloud native, That's right. they don't have teams who are expert on cloud. Mm -hmm. They don't understand the difference between development and operations and mm -hmm. how to tie those things together. Yes. They don't understand you know, what the best practices are and what the pitfalls are. And very importantly, they may not understand how to set up security right. appropriately, particularly where you have a hybrid environment or have multi-cloud. Right. And then once the, the workload is running on cloud, how to actually optimize it, not just in terms of performance, but in terms of cost. cost absolutely. How do you incorporate new services into it? Mm -hmm. And then, but also how do you align teams and then service layers on top of it, just to make sure that you are not running at your optimum level, but also you're able to uh, grow and take that the growth engine of, of the workload to drive your business. So mm -hmm. all these things, most companies that are non-cloud native don't have that infrastructure set up or don't right. know. So the whole advisory piece that partners like Sada can offer is tremendously valuable beyond just the technology. I think so much of the conversation about cloud is a technology-centric conversation, mm -hmm. which is important because it is the power tools yes. of tech. <laughs> but the other elements of how do you drive a consultative approach to engagement? How do you help customer succeed? What's the experience a customer has yeah. in terms of service, support, best practices. It's a business That's a differentiator. It's a business conversation. Like if you're doing it right, because again, uh, there's two main parts of Google Cloud in my view. There's this workforce transformation piece, the G Suite, uh, cloud searches. And it's, and it's about changing uh, and transforming the way people work together within an organization and the way they collaborate. Um, but GCP and everything that comes with GCP is really about industry transformation. So if somebody's doing things on Google, it, it means that they're trying, they themselves are trying to change the way they service their end customers, right? Yes. It's something that uh, they have customers for which they're trying to create exceptional experiences for, or they're trying to go to market faster or push product faster or whatever it is. And so the underlying stuff you have to get right because that's table stakes and we have to do the, uh, exceptional security and support and all of the all optimization. But once those things are more of, a, more of in a steady state and they've been proven, our, our role, I think jointly, but certainly it's something we, we, love, to, we love to take own, uh, take, take ownership of for our customers that are contracted with us, is we want to uh, evolve those conversations to be business conversations. Like, how can we help you serve your customers better? And I think if we figure that out, um, it's one of the reasons that we feel like this addressable market is so large. Because if you're able, able to help customers generate more revenue, get more market share, be better at R&D, those are really, the, it's not just like, oh, we're trying to optimize cost in IT and we want to get out of the data center. Yeah, those are like tactical things, we get it. It's how do we become partners in their own businesses with them. Yes, and, and as you're saying that, it reminds me of the evolution of the role of the SE. At Google Cloud, we call them customer engineers, CEs. Yes, yes. Uh, going back 2004, when I first became an, an SE, it was very much a technology-centric role. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me to go into a customer meeting and talk about their business drivers, talk about their business goals, talk about the, their competitive landscape, what they're trying to accomplish. Are they trying to enter new markets? Mm -hmm. Are they trying to you know, ship software faster? What is it? That, that conversation never happened. Yeah. And there's, a, there's been an evolution, and it, it been, it's been great to be part of that evolution to see how customer engineers and, and SEs in general have 
have started learning this. Now, I can't say that we're there today fully, but very much understanding that we don't go into a meeting. You know, at Google Cloud, we're very proud of our technology. Mm -hmm. Everybody is. That's right. This technology, which is very powerful, technology which has evolved over the years, this is technology which Google Cloud used to run their business, our business, and now we are actually making it available to customers. That's right. However, in the end, we, that we have to connect that with what the customer is trying to accomplish. And where we've been able to successfully do that, that's when we've seen the most traction and actually the mm-hmm. fastest movement and adoption of the technology with the customer. Because they have clear line of sight in terms of adopting this technology or these you know, a group of, of cloud services can help me achieve. And then once they achieve them, then that just creates that amazing flywheel effect. Absolutely. And we've seen some customers, in, from a consumption perspective, double on a monthly level. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the right. kind of growth, and you've probably seen those yeah. as well. And it's because they've found that the investment that they've put in paid off very quickly. And that's one thing very interesting about cloud is that your investment, you can actually put the technology to use immediately. Right. And the return on investment is can be pretty instantaneous yeah. for you, which is what drives that momentum. Yeah, it's because it's consumption based. Um, you have the, you have an immense opportunity to prove even some very complex things in a short amount of time for not a lot of money. And I think that's the other beautiful part about you know um, this model is that. Um, it's not some, you know, they're not buying, you know, a spec sheet and a bunch of promises and a roadmap. They're not really buying until you actually have to, you, you prove that it works. And um, I actually like being put in that position because uh, the proof is in the pudding and I like to be as real and authentic as possible to help our customers re- reach the best conclusion. And, um, and it's beautiful. They can test something for like $5,000. And then if it works, your point, it's like, wow, okay, let's, let's go and let's do it. And they, have, they enter that with such a degree of confidence. Again, as long as we're providing good roadmap guidance, good technical support, good security guidance, good technical account management, they, um, they have this immense growth curve some of these customers that, again, is only really seen in this industry in this point in time. Hence why we're so excited too. And taking that point further even is companies who are the slowest to adopt cloud, my view is they're the ones who are not going to be successful, as successful, or yes. may not even exist in the future. I think we've gotten, we're going to get the, the flexible point. Hundred percent. Yep. We have this conversation all the time, especially with enterprise customers, frankly. A lot of the early adopters, which is great because they push us on the technology stack, you know, born in the cloud companies themselves who are choosing GCP because it's obvious to them that they should because it's the best platform. Um, and part of the conversation we're having today, I'm having a lot of these with our customers because I want these stories to get out. But there's a lot of the traditional enterprise, traditional corporate customers who are literally facing an existential crisis of their own. It is. Unless they evolve, they will not be either as you know, in the same market position or relevant or may not exist um, because uh, being an incumbent even if you've been an incumbent for 50 years, 100 years, no longer guarantees That's your right. ongoing success unless you're able to create, I think, the cultural shift within the organization with the people and how they work together, but also the go-to-market transformation that using some of these amazing, immense tools that they can now afford and have access to regardless of if they're 50 employees or 50,000, they can access the same technology. It's been democratized, right, by Google and others. Um, unless they're 
um, leveraging the efficiency and how they build their tools and serve their customers and make sense of data and all those kind of things, I completely agree with you. They are facing a crisis. Some of them know that, know that they are, and there's others that don't, don't, don't quite yet, but it's almost our job, I think, as a, as a market, as a go-to-market strategy to, to surface those things, but not in a critical way, but in a way that um, challenges the conversation and then ideally gives them a roadmap. Here's other customers who've done it and here's their path. I think it's our yeah. job to do that. Yeah, and that's why partnerships like SADA are really critical because in many cases you have the relationship. You've had the relationship for a long time. You've built that trust, you yeah. build that credibility. Yeah. These are not things, even though the technology, like you said, has been democratized, the barrier to entry is lower, that doesn't necessarily mean adoption is gonna happen. Adoption can be no, easier, that's right. but there's still that journey. People have to get comfortable with it, have to assess the risk, assess the benefit. This is where these partnerships are really critical for Google Cloud, because in many cases we have not established those relationships, and even where mm -hmm. we have, it's not as broad-based mm -hmm. as if an additive solution where you have the partner community or the partner ecosystem yeah. and Google Cloud. It's that, that, that trust and credibility which, which rallies the, the company towards saying, yes, let's try this, let's do this. And on top of that, not just the credibility and trust, but on top of it is being able to help the, those companies that are lagging behind in cloud adoption understand what it means and what it takes. Yeah. Because it's going to require some internal redesign, For reconfiguration sure. of the teams, sure. doing things differently, culture shift, you huge know, culture mind, shift. Mind, mindset shift, sometimes new leadership. And I think you know, CIOs in general right now are in a very tough position. You know? And I think um, they kind of get the brunt of it. You know? They get all these line of business things that want to get done. Then they're battling with technical debt and, and these other things and they're trying to make those things happen while maintaining a hyper-secure environment in which there's no breaches while they're trying to reduce costs. Like the, the, the stresses of the, on the CIO right now are immense. And again, I feel like it is our job as a, as a team with Google to go in and actually help these leaders redefine their roles, transform their cultures. Yes. Uh, we want to make them the heroes uh, to the line of business. And we actually want to engage the line of business with the IT leadership in a way that maybe they're not talking as much as they should before. And I think we can play a role in that as sort of an you know, outside uh, advisor, especially if we have the past performance and other customer references to go in and have the credibility to have those conversations. Uh, but but I, f I feel like it's almost like a, it's a, we've been given this uh, opportunity, but also I feel a great amount of responsibility to do this and do this yes. well, because I feel like these companies are depending on us, frankly. Well, it's their livelihood, right? It's their livelihood. It's, it's, it, it, the, with each company, there are people, you know, who yes. have their experiences and their lives. Yeah. When you think of a company, sometimes we just think of the logo. Yeah. And, and the company wants to survive and thrive. Mm -hmm. So it's very much around making, helping, you know, people succeed, individuals yeah. succeed, yeah. individuals have a better life. Yeah. And, and, and a cloud adoption can bring that to the company because the company can grow and flourish. And so interesting is the ability to be able to turn on functionality instantly and test mm -hmm. it out to see if it actually works for you, yeah. which is something we've never had before when it comes to, uh, to, to technology and, and, and cloud. And, and the other, I think, dimension here, which is really critical, as cloud adoption grows, with it comes a bit more of that complexity, which is why the Google Cloud has been a pioneer in, in open source technology right. and embracing open source. No lock-in. No lock-in, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that's been really critical and something that 
you know, with Thomas Curran coming in very early on, he made sure that we continue to embrace that. Because again, that's going to help customers who may be stuck in a hybrid world for a long mm -hmm. time, or maybe want to use, you know, have a multi-cloud strategy. Those exist out there and exist in large numbers. So how can open source and the, the respect of the open source community and the adoption of open source and being able to nourish that community help really develop the tools That's right. and the platform for security, for connectivity, and for other areas to be able to make sure that you know, these can, can work well together mm -hmm. um, and reduce the complexity. That way it just gives people the ability to sort of manage have a management platform right. across multiple clouds and, and hybrid. And that's only, it's not going to be delivered by, by software with closed IP. Right. It's only going to be delivered by open source technologies. And, and you're seeing other of the major cloud vendors, you know, some more slowly than others, mm -hmm. but there's been an understanding and appreciation, particularly recently with the big debate going yeah. on around open source. Yeah, it's like they've, they've had to do that. Uh, to show that they embrace it because it's to them existentially necessary, but it's always the way that Google's been. I mean, they've like you know created Kubernetes, uh, wrote the white paper, open sourced it, right? That's that's more recent example. But TensorFlow, all these things, like these things are you know in, invented at Google and then open sourced because yeah. Google's intention is to move the whole industry forward, and and we really like that that part of Google's DNA. Um, I know you're not a, um, a fortune teller, but you're also, there's some things you know you can't say, but to the extent that you can share with the audience, I, I'd really love to hear about kind of what your views of what you think the next six to 18 months look like for Google Cloud. Um, what, what, are you, what are you excited about and um, what should, what should uh, the market be on the lookout for, I guess? I would say two or three things are, are really critical. And, they might have not necessarily been shared as is, but it's easy to connect the dots. Yeah. Uh, when you look at the evolution, for example, of a cloud sales organization, initially the model is you have, you're, you're, it's a more of a territory model, right. where you have a, a sales rep and a CE focused on a territory and all the accounts in those territory. And then the next evolution is, wait a second, in that territory, there's FinServe accounts, mm. there's manufacturing accounts, mm. there's accounts in different verticals, different industries. Um, and if they want to, if you want to really build a true partnership with them, you've got to add value to their business. You've got to become their consultant, yeah. share best practices. You have to understand their business intimately. Yes, very intimately. Yeah. And so, so as as part of our next evolution, we're going to start seeing Google Cloud verticalize more and focus more on industries. So you're going to have bigger teams around healthcare, bigger teams around manufacturing, bigger teams around FinServe. Even though we've had virtual teams, even though we've invested in those areas. You know, directionally, this is where we're going to go, mm -hmm. and and a lot of it is aligned to how other companies did it. Sure, because what has worked before and what works for the customers. Because ultimately, what we do, we want to make sure it works for the customer. So for HSBC, 100%. they want to make sure there's actually an army of people available to them right. to be able to support them across all their workloads, all their scenarios. And they understand financial services. And they understand financial services. Yeah. And in many cases, hire people who come from financial services, right. so they immediately can engage with those yeah. world accounts. So you're going to see the more verticalization. So verticalization, the, yeah, we, we started to see that. Yeah. And we actually made made our first hire, not announced yet, but we've hired a head of healthcare life sciences at SADA, which I think is important that it correlates with Google's own strategy. We also have tons of customers there already. 
But of course we're seeing the same trend. Yeah. Like they, they want these experts who come from that world to speak to them and solve their business problems. Because they're not just trying to solve tech problems, they're trying to solve business problems. Absolutely. So you need people from the business to do that because I can't, you know, a Kubernetes expert is not gonna go solve a financial services problem. You need someone from yeah. financial services to do that. Yeah, the CIO of HSBC or, or, or Walmart, or, they, they wanna talk to a team that's gonna help them build and execute on their three to five year strategy. Exactly. Not their three to six month strategy. Exactly. And these are, the, these are the kind of people we're hiring. This is how we're aligning our business yeah. increasingly. Yes. Um, the, other, the other critical area is what we talked about earlier about open source. So being able to not necessarily Google, take an open source technology and offer it as a managed service, mm -hmm. but really embracing the managed service which is available in the market. Mm -hmm. So Confluent Cloud, for example. Mm -hmm. And not only embracing them, but actually integrating them into our marketplace mm -hmm. and then integrating them into the Google Cloud console. So when you actually launch the console, yes. you can spin up Kafka clusters mm -hmm. that are managed by Confluent Cloud. Same thing with MongoDB, same thing with Datastack. So this is a, a huge step forward and credit to Thomas Kurian mm -hmm. uh, to be able to, to take make that leap. And this is something which you know, the, the, the sales reps at Google Cloud will also be you know, gold and credited right. Right. for those things which Very actually innovative. gives the incentive mm -hmm. to do that. That way, it really illustrates the goal of the fact that we understand for the customer to be successful, we want to, we want to be able to integrate the best cloud services out there. Mm -hmm. And they don't all live under the Google Cloud umbrella. That's A lot right. of them exist outside. But very importantly, as you start doing that, there's still that services layer which is necessary. So partners partners who understand these technologies and can help customers integrate them and run with them, those ones can be most successful. So more specialization with our partners as well is something That's that right. we're going to be seeing. And, and ultimately, my guess is the partner team at Google Cloud, even my team, mm -hmm. as we grow, then we're going to start seeing that orientation towards specialization like that. In, in verticals, industries, as well as technology areas as well. Uh, I think that's great uh, input for the ecosystem. Um, that's great feedback for us. I think mostly we're you know, uh, on the same track. We've read the tea leaves, we've seen the announcements at Next, and you know, we could not be more excited than we are today. I know that we depend on your team very heavily um, to, uh, to create the best customer experiences, right, with engineering, both in pre-sales and after. So I really want to thank you and uh, show my gratitude and appreciation for everything your organization does. And it's a very, like, we can't do what we do without the help of the partner engineering organization. So I also want to thank you for your leadership. And I want, you, I want to thank you for this because um, I really want to tell these stories for the ecosystem because I think we're in a unique position and a unique time. Um, there's a lot at stake, but also we're having a lot of fun. And uh, we're inventing really, together. We're inventing together. Yeah. It's the best, it's the best yeah. position to be in. And uh, a, I think we're in a golden age right now. It's the it golden age. Yeah. And there's, no, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Yep. So thank you so much for the partnership. Absolutely. Thanks so far. Pleasure's ours. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. 